Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. Jeremiah 17, verse 9, I want to tell you about the worst ref in history. Growing up as a kid, remember I've been talking about playing on one of the world's greatest basketball teams, the Door Village Eagles. Yours truly was a power forward on that team. We went all the way to the city championship. We were fantastic, man. I told you about Bob Gervais, how he was a giant in the sixth grade, how he had massive hands, and I swore he had six fingers. I told you about how great our basketball team was, how fast we were, how great our coach was. The problem was we went to the city championship and we played a team called Lincoln. And this was the song we made up for Lincoln. Lincoln, Lincoln, what you drinking? Lincoln, Lincoln, you're so stinking. And we lost that game in spite of that song. We lost, and I'll tell you why we lost. We lost because of a bad ref by the name of Froggy. Now, you don't know Froggy, but Froggy's his actual name. Froggy's his name. The reason why they call him Froggy, I don't know if you remember the Little Rascals or not. Our gang, remember Froggy on our gang? Talk like that. Right? Not only did he have a voice that nobody could understand, but he wore these glasses that were like bubbled. I mean, they were super thick. Now imagine a ref that nobody can understand the calls and wears glasses that thick. It just so happens we come out of the locker room and who do we see on the court? Froggy. And Froggy's there ready to make the calls. And he made some of the worst calls in history. The worst in history. And it was so bad that my mom came out of the stands and slapped him. You don't know my mom. Instead of getting embarrassed, I dropped the ball and was cheering my mom on. He made a bunch of bad calls because he was a bad ref. I don't know how many of you parents are in here today, but it is frustrating to sit in the stands it's frustrating to be in those bleachers and to see your kid go all the way to a championship and get some nutty ref out there with glasses, thick old glasses, can't even talk right, calling the wrong plays on your kid. You want to come out of those bleachers, man, and knock that ref out. It is frustrating. Say frustrating. Hearing and listening to a bad ref is frustrating. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. You see, your heavenly Father is sitting in the bleachers right now. You're the player. He wants you to score. He wants you to win. But there are times it's got to be frustrating for Him to watch the bad ref in our life make all of these calls that are wrong. And if we're not careful, we'll start listening to the ref. We'll start hearing that voice. And what does that voice sound like? It sounds like guilt. It sounds like condemnation. And both of those things ring true in our hearts. But here's what it also sounds like. Listen very carefully. It also sounds like self-righteousness. Not just guilt, not just condemnation, but self-righteousness. And God gets frustrated by that. He wants to come out of the stands. He wants to take care of that ref. 
He wants to deal with it. How many of you know many times those voices are in our own hearts? And I want to talk to you about your heart this morning. I want to talk to you about the myth that says follow the calls of your heart. Just follow your heart. And you'll be okay. Just follow your heart. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 says this, The heart is what? Deceitful. Just like Froggy. He deserved to get slapped. Froggy, if you're listening to this, you had it coming. The heart is deceitful above all things. Say all. Even the devil. See, many times we deceive our own selves and we give the devil lots of glory and credit for it. And it's your own heart that did it. Since the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure, who can understand it? Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus this morning, help us to follow the good shepherd. Help us to follow Jesus. Help us to follow His Spirit. Help us to listen to His Word and obey it. God, may I not trust my own heart. May I trust Your Word. Are you praying that with me right now? God, may I not trust my own deceitful heart. It may make a bad call. I may lose the game. God, may I trust in Your Word as the standard for living. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, a little stronger, amen, please. Mm. How many times you heard the advice, just listen to your heart? Just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. It'll lead you the right way. It'll lead you to the right direction. But is that biblical? Is that what God's Word says? Turns out our own hearts are bad refs. And many times our own hearts are making the wrong calls. Are you with me here this morning? Our hearts are making bad calls. Our hearts are the wrong person to have in charge. And why? Because we're the player, not the ref. We're the ones supposed to be making the plays, but what do, what do we do? Many times we show up to the game to play the other team, and we show up in a ref shirt and a whistle. And that's crazy. Our job is to play the other team. Our job is to beat the enemy. But many times we show up with our own self-righteous heart that says, I know how to do it. I know where the inbounds is. I know what's foul. I know what's out of bounds. And I want to tell you here this morning, aside from the Word of God, aside from the Holy Spirit, you don't. You don't. You need to take off the ref shirt. You need to take off the whistle and play the game and trust the Lord to be the ref because you don't. It's crazy. Crazy. Your heart will lead you to do crazy things. It will justify those things and make you believe that you're right when you're not. Crazy is what most people have been taught to do. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 19, it says, For out of the heart come what? Evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. I don't see too many good things in that. Here's what that means. It means that I can't be the referee of my own life. I shouldn't be making the calls of what's in bounds or not, of what's foul and what's not. You say, wait a minute, Pastor, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a second here. I am a good person. I have a good heart, Pastor. 
I've been following my heart for a long time and my good heart tells me to do something and I do it. You see, pastor, there are good people and there are bad people. I'm not a bad people. I'm a good person, pastor, with a good heart. I'm a good-hearted person. Nope. Here's what the Bible actually says in Romans chapter 3, verse 10. Watch this. It says, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. It goes on to say, there is none that does good. No, not one. Are you catching this? Are you catching this? I'm a good heart. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, you're not. No, you're not. Well, my wife's good. Nope. Now, don't go home and say, Pastor, said, honey, you're no good. You're no good, you're no good, you're no good. Baby, you're no good. And then the slap comes. What does this mean? It means that everyone, everyone is bad. I know, I know right now you're going, no, I'm not. If you're in Christ, you're good. But what is good about you is Christ, not you. Ah, oh, but I do some good stuff, the stuff that I do. No, no, the stuff that you do is doo-doo. Well, I know there's some good do that I do. The good do that I do can't be doo-doo. Help me figure this out. Everything that you do in your own is doo-doo. You see, self-righteousness is a bad ref. It'll make the wrong calls in your life. It'll make you begin to think that the doing that you do is not doo-doo. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end leads to death or destruction. You see, we toot our own horns. We do a lot of tooting. And in that tooting, we think that because we've done something good, that that something good is admirable and that it's holy in and of itself. You know, I ought to feel pretty good about myself. God sees all of my doo-doo. And He sees what I did last week. He He sees what I did this week. You know, I'm the hottest thing since sunburn. I'm what Willis is talking about. I'm, I've done some great things this week. You know, Chuck Norris and King Kong ain't got nothing on my spiritual strength. I've done some great things lately and I feel pretty good about my do. And all that you do, and all that you think you're doing to please God, He's not pleased with any of it. Now I'm to get a positive, a whole lot more positive in a minute, but stay with me. Before you think you're impressing God with your tooting and your do, don't get so prideful in thinking in your self-righteous that He's impressed by any of it. You say, but wait a minute, Pastor. I've looked at other people and they're not doing as well as I am. Your do-do is not as great as mine. When the offering plate comes along, I drop some pretty big do. That makes me holy because I dropped that dew. That just means that this week you're not a thief. 
doesn't mean you did anything holy. That offering belongs to God anyway. It means that this week you decided not to rob Him. So this week you're not a thief. doesn't mean you're anything righteous. Oh, but pastor, you ought to see some of the doing I do in serving. I do some major do-do in serving. Really? Hmm. When you're serving, you're giving a life that doesn't belong to you anyway. It belongs to God. The Bible says you've been bought with a price. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. In other words, I belong to God anyway. So if I decided to serve, to show up and serve a little bit, I'm just giving God what already belongs to Him. I know somewhere I must be righteous. Somewhere I must have something that's good. Where is my holy due? That's what I want to know today. So when I give, I'm not releasing what is mine. I'm releasing to Him what is His. When I serve, I'm not releasing myself. I'm giving to Him what has already been bought with a price. You see, the problem is the tooting of your own heart. It's the... Blowing the whistle and saying, looky here. Look at here and see what I just did. I feel pretty good about what I just did. What I did isn't foul at all. It's in bounds completely. I'm a good person. God says that all of our doing is foul, literally. We know our lives is foul, and yet we still try to hide that fact. Even though the things that we do stinks. Even though the things that we do is doo-doo. We swear some way, somehow, it must be okay. It must be holy. I need it. I need some help today. Uh, and you're dressed up really nice, Tim. Tim, would you please come to the platform, please? Don't act surprised. We've talked about this, Tim. Come on up. Uh, stand right. In fact, would you grab that, grab that beautiful box right there, Tim? It's right over there. He has no idea what he's gotten himself into. Not at all. Uh, Tim, I brought with me something wonderful today. Uh, over here, sir. Okay, where everybody can see. This is a beautiful thing, Tim, that you've gotten yourself into. In fact, let's come down in front here. Everybody give it up for Tim. You see, Tim, uh, this is horse manure. And, and, and Tim, you're going to help me with this horse manure. You don't believe me? Smell it. Uh, you got it. You got, you're, you're good to go. You, Tim, <laughs> you like apples? How do you like these apples? <laughs> uh, open the box for me, please. You see, Tim is going to play the part of God, okay? And I'm going to play the part of the self-righteous Christian that wears his own referee shirt that says what's in bounds, that says his doing is good. You see, I show up to God and, oh, by the way, God, I just want you to know how one... You don't want to miss anything. Thank you, Tim. Uh, uh, God, I just want you to know how... Oh, dear Lord. I want you to know, Lord, I brought something special for you. There you go, God. And I... Oh, dear Lord. Oh, it's so chunky. Oh, I'm trying not to touch it. 
We'll have a healing service at the end. We'll lay on hands. Wow. Now we're getting to the stuff that smells. Ooh, la la. Um, I'm going to have to move that in a minute because it's really grossing me out. And Lord, I want you to see that my, my good stuff that I've done for you, Lord, I've wrapped it up all so nice in a self Isn't it beautiful, God? I want you to enjoy this. In fact, Lord, would you take that as my offering to you? Go ahead. Go sit. There you go, Lord. That's, that's just for, give it up for Tim. You want me to take that back? You sure you don't want it? Uh, Tim, I want to ask you, um, does it matter that this is wrapped? Are you sure about that? It's still what? It's still manure, isn't it, Tim? Um, does it, can you smell it? Oh, don't you want to go have lunch now? Tim, um, does it matter that the wrapping is beautiful? No. D- Tim, does it matter that I've bothered to put it in a box and make it look wonderful for you? What is it? It still stinks, doesn't it? Tim, would it matter if I just hit it with some Febreze, you know? Tim, I'm just going to... That will help, won't it, Tim? Now take it home. Smells better now. Smell that? There's no smell now. No, not at all. Here you go, Tim. No, you don't want it. It doesn't matter that I hit it with Febreze, does it? It doesn't matter that I've wrapped it up in a package. I'm going to leave that right there just for you to stare at. Uh, it doesn't matter that I've made it look beautiful. It doesn't matter that I've done something wonderful with my dew, that I've gift-wrapped it, that I've put it up in front of all the sea. What matters is what's on the inside. It doesn't matter what's on the outside. What matters is what's on the inside. And you and I come to God and we say, look, look at the outside. I've got my ref shirt on, Lord. I'm ready to make a call. It looks good. It looks righteous. It looks holy. That doesn't mean that it is. You see, that's the basis of religion over relationship. It's hiding. It's gift wrapping what is only horse manure. You say, pastor, how dare you bring horse manure into the church? Are you, have you lost your mind? Spiritually, you're full of it. You've got horse manure in each of every one of your lives. You say, you can't do that. You can't put that on the platform. My Bible says that you're the platform in the altar. My Bible says that you are the house of God. What really matters is inside of your heart. You say, oh, you brought it into the house. You are the house of God. How have you presented and justified your sin lately? How have you gift-wrapped it? God still knows it stinks, it stinks, it stinks. No matter how you've wrapped it up, it's still horse manure. Humans have a long history of wrapping ourselves up in religion, hiding in our good works, covering our weakness with bows, wrapping up our failures with good deeds, spraying the smell of our failures in Christianese. You know the Christianese. Hi, brother, how are you? And inside you're thinking, you look ugly today. You, it's so great that you're here today. Oh, it's a God bless you. And inside you're thinking, I don't care if you breathe another breath. Christianese. I'm all wrapped up in self-righteousness. Fake. Fake. 
The heavenly referee blows the whistle and cries foul. Literally, foul. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 says this, Yes, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I do count them dung. Paul is saying all of these things that I've suffered, before you start calling it righteous, before you make the mistake of thinking that it's something good that I've done, it's dung. Are you getting this? I haven't even started to preach yet. Turn back your watches. It's coming at you. Wake up, church. Paul says what I've, what I've suffered and gone through, just dung, that I may win Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God, not of me. Of God. Paul says everything besides knowing Jesus is doo-doo and dung. We dress up our doo-doo. And that's called religion. And we do these good works and we think that it covers it. We think that it packages it. We think that it's something marvelous to present to God. It's still foul. Romans chapter 10, verse 3 says, for being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did subject themselves, they did not rather subject themselves to the righteousness of God. In other words, Paul is saying there is what you think is righteous and then there is what is. Subject yourself to what is and it's in Him. You see, my self-righteousness stinks. Everything I do is doo-doo. Isaiah 64, verse 6 says, We are all as an unclean thing, and all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. You know what God wants from you? He doesn't want your gift wrapped. He doesn't want your box. He doesn't want your self-righteous religion, your presentation of what you think is good. What does God truly want from you? He wants you to stop dressing up your doo-doo. He's asking that you would today be real. Stop thinking that you're perfect in yourself. I love that music, man. That's good. All the things that He gives you by faith is what's true and real. What does God really want from us? Well, He's going to get my love and my obedience. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, you've been faithful, haven't you? You've been perfect in that, haven't you? No. What He really wants you to do is to stop wrapping up and Febrezing. Throw away the bow and just give Him your pain, your anger, your suffering, your frustration, your disappointment, the fears that you face. God wants that. He wants your addictions, the failures, the mistakes, the sin. It's like knowing somebody is coming over to your house in the next 10 minutes and you know your house is filthy. And running home in front of them breaking the speed limit the entire way, running into your house very quickly, spraying Febreze everywhere, grabbing all the dirty dishes and everything and throwing it in one of the bedrooms. Then they walk in and you're like, hi, come on in like you live that way when you know you don't. Let me challenge you to begin to live another way with Christ. Invite Him over as if He's not a guest. Invite Him as if He lives there. Let Him see the filth. 
man, this is it. Let them see the dirt. Let them see the stink. Let them smell it. Stop trying to, he, he knows it's there anyway. He knows it's tucked away in a bedroom. What, what, what do you think? You're fooling him. He knows where it's at. Invite him over as if he already lives there. It's like waking up one morning and forgetting to take a shower. Ever done that? Oh, you shower every day. You're such clean people. I forget to take a shower every once in a while. I just do. I get kind of busy, come to the office. Whoa, hallelujah. You say, oh, no, pastor, that's not true. Whatever, whatever. You know what I do when I forget to take a shower? In my office in the bathroom, I have got a myriad of colognes that I just... Hi. I'm going to try to cover the fact that I'm human. I'm going to try to cover the fact that I don't smell so great. Nobody's fooled. Nobody's fooled. And certainly God isn't fooled. The real gift is complete surrender. Say complete. Surrender. Of all of me without dressing up any of the doo-doo, without febrezing it, without a cologne shower, without hiding the mess. You know, stop trying to clean yourself up before you come to God. Just surrender. Give Him the stinky you that He died for. Give Him the mess that He went to the grave for. Give Him the secret sin that He defeated hell for. Give Him the dead heart that He rose from the grave for. We often think that what God wants us to do is stop sinning. That's only half true. What God really wants from us is to stop long enough to give Him our sin. You don't amen amen me a little more and I'm leaving right now. I'm walking right out into the street and I'm going to preach this message right out here in Piper. Until we get used to walking in surrender, being real with God, showing Him what stinks, what isn't right, and being real about it and transparent about it, we're going to continue in sin. Until we stop trying to fix it ourselves, trying to free ourselves, we're going to continue in sin. Ever see a spider do its thing? It weaves a web. And you know how a fly really gets eaten? And it struggle to get free. You know how a fly really gets eaten in its own, in its own struggle to free itself from, it's just a different morning. In its own struggle to free itself from the web. You and I, I'm gonna, I'll make it, I'll make it, I'll prove it, I'll prove it, I'll do it, I'll do it. Somehow I'll make it, somehow I'll do it. I can do it in my own strength, I'm sure I can. And the more you struggle, the more caught you are. This isn't why Jesus went to the cross. So that you could sit there and in your own strength try to struggle your way out of something. Most of you couldn't fight your way out of a wet paper bag spiritually. Think about it. Stop trying to dress it up. Stop trying to clean it up. Stop trying to make it smell better. The more you do it on your own, the more you're stuck where you're going to be. Our hearts can't make the call. Our hearts are bad refs. Just following your own heart isn't enough. Your own heart will tell you you can make it. You can do it on your... You can't. You can't. You can't. We need to surrender 